Hey gang, before we get started, I want to tell you guys about the Friends of Zeus podcast. Their latest episode features yours truly. We talk about Project Veritas, Ashley Biden's diary, Hunter Biden's laptop. Oh, and speaking of Hunter Biden's laptop, the last episode they had before me featured John Paul Mac Isaac, the guy that blew the Hunter Biden laptop story wide open. You got to check it out. This story is phenomenal. So go check it out and check out the episode featuring me because, you know, I'm on it too. You know? Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Friends of Zeus podcast. You can check out the podcast link in the show notes and you can find it anywhere you stream your podcast. All right, friends. On with the show. Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is rapper Obsolete. Obsolete has a new album out called The Dystopia of an MC. You can go check that out in the show notes. Be sure to click around. You can follow them up as well. There's a link to the website, to the album. Make sure you go and support your boy. Obsolete is a rapper who currently resides in Kentucky, but is originally from Alaska, which is fun. I like that. Uh, we talk about that a little bit, but uh, he, I think he moved away a little too early to have any real memories of Alaska. I mean, what the fuck do they even do up there? What, what even goes on up there besides people wanting to drill it out for, for its resources? I don't know. I don't know what's going on up there. Anyways... Uh, obsolete will be coming up here shortly, but first go to reinamystique.com. R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. Go check out what she's got going on over there. You can also find her on Twitch four days a week, Mondays through Thursdays, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, not p.m. She doesn't stream for like 14 hours a day, okay? <laughs> That's not what she does. Uh, but you can go find her over there. Go check her out. You can also find We Speak English Good on the Twitchers. You can also find us on the Twitches, the Twitches over there, <laughs> Mondays and Fridays, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Come be a part of the show, the live stream. It's a good time over there. You're going to like it. I promise. You can also find me and my son on his stream. It's twitch.tv slash saucy chicken nugget with one N. You can go and find him. We stream on the weekends mostly. We try to keep it in the morning times, but you know, we do what we do. So just come to follow us up and, uh, you know, be, uh, be there or be square, as they say. You can show some support for the show by like, subscribing, and reviewing our show. You can like us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Rumble, YouTube, all the places you can like us. Please go follow, share, all that good stuff. You can also uh, support us by subscribing to us on Apple iTunes. Uh, you can follow us on Spotify or you can sub on uh, the Twitches or the YouTubes. And of course, you can freely, and I mean for free, you can leave a review for us on Apple iTunes or anywhere you can leave a review for us that you listen to your podcast. Leave a five-star review on Spotify if you want. 
And yeah, that's that's the good stuff there. You can you can do that. <laughs> it is available for you to do. If you want to support the show monetarily, please go check out our Threadless store, wespeakenglishgood.threadless.com. We got t-shirts, mugs, and all the good stuffs and hugs. So please go on over there and get yourself some merch. Um, okay, I think we're going to keep it short and sweet. Um, I, I'm in the middle of trying to find a, a different job, but I got some... It's too much. I'm not even going to go into it. it. There's so much going on right now. So I'm just going to go ahead and let's just jump on over to our friend, Obsolete. I can tell that you're all broken up over uh, Kanye West not being invited to the Grammys. Uh, can you expound I, on those tears? I'm I'm more sad that you know they even you know no disrespect to Kanye, but I mean, put me on the Grammys, I'd be more entertaining, you know, like like. <laughs> he said, "Fuck that guy. Let's go. Let's go absolutely because we're not playing around." Now, I, you know, I, that that's a fair sentiment. That's a fair sentiment. I mean, if you think about the appearances that Kanye has had over the years, you know, like the Taylor Swift thing. And um, I, I mean, I've always been like a fan of his like crazy outbursts. Right. Um, and, and even starting back at um, when when he was on um, when he was on with Mike Myers, Canadian. Oh, wait, you're not Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're just on a Canadian label. Uh, but the, but the, uh, but when he was doing the Hurricane Katrina thing, um, and he was on with Mike Myers, and he turns to the camera, and he's supposed to say some shit, like he's supposed to read off the prompter, and all he says is, "George Bush doesn't care about black people." <laughs> I'm like. Fuck yeah, Kanye. You tell him. Because you know what? George Bush did not give a fuck about black people. That is that was the truth. He didn't give a fuck about anybody but anybody named Bush, you know? Yeah, exactly. The only thing he cared about is is fucking kowtowing to his fucking corporate overlords at Halliburton and his fucking... (laughs) And so it it was just ridiculous. But we're not here to talk about George Bush. Or Halliburton, I'll vote for I'll vote my channel points for that. Kanye has had so many issues at award shows. Yes, he has. But but again, like when he was when he jumped up on uh, with Taylor Swift and was like Beyonce is better, and I was like, yeah, she is better. <laughs> I was like, he's making a good point, even if he is looking like a jackass. Um, I mean, it's just, you know, I've been talking about Kanye for the last few weeks because of all that's going on and shit. And I don't know, have you had a chance to listen to any of the new stuff or do you even pay attention to that stuff? Like where, where do you live at without with Kanye? I live in Kentucky. Um, and I see, like, I've seen all the Kanye, you know, stuff going on since the breakup and, you know, all that stuff. Mm. Like, I guess I have pay attention because it's obviously, you know, it's there in front of you, no matter where you go, like, because Kanye's on that level. Right. Um, but like 
personally, like, I kind of feel for the guy to a point because, you know, I can't imagine living, you know, I mean, he was already in the spotlight, but everybody knows the Kardashians and knows, like, you pull up to their house and the limelight is in the driveway to guide you to their house. Like, that's just how they all roll, man. And you put him front and center and then everything spiraled out of control. And who knows what really has happened. And, you know, I don't want to get canceled before I ever go anywhere. But, like, the Kardashians is a... That's a whole story that we could do a probably fucking two day podcast. Too late, absolutely. You be canceled. Shouldn't open like, your goddamn mouth. Right. So you know, it's like that whole thing. Like, so I kind of feel for the guy, but at the same time, I'm like, man. But who knows? I mean, to everybody else, he might be crazy and shit. He might know more than we all do as far as that whole situation goes. So it's like, it is what it is, man. And that that's part of. Living in the limelight, I guess. You know, I've worked with um, I worked with a guy who believed that people who you know uh, who who we deem to be insane, right? Because I think we can all agree that uh, Kanye rests somewhere in between sanity and reality. And, and <coughs> excuse me, um, but he he was like, uh, you know, he was like. You gotta listen to those people because you never know. What if these people are are truly in touch with something else that we don't know about, right? Like there was this yeah. guy that you know, and this was at the homeless shelter. I, I I worked at a homeless shelter over the winter, and there was this guy who came in, and he would always like, he was always asking. He's like, "Did the FBI call for me?" And I'm just like. Nah, man, <laughs> no calls, bro. No FBI. But then he would start talking about a portal. He's like, I gotta get back to my portal. I gotta get back to my portal. And I remember my 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 workmate was my my workmate uh, or whatever you call it, my coworker. He was just <laughs> like, man, you never know though. You never know. What if he is has a portal? What if that motherfucker's from another dimension? What if he's just on another level that we don't understand because he's just he's just from somewhere else and he's not in the right place? And like and, and like he really believed this shit. I don't know. Like, do you think that do you think that that could be a possibility in this world that that uh, that that people who are just talking to the walls or screaming at the walls are possibly you know just messengers from another dimension? I mean, I, one of my favorite quotes, uh, and I put it in as an intro on one of my tracks, you know, there's a fine line between genius and insanity. Yeah. You know, you take a guy like Albert Einstein back in his day, still to everybody else was crazy. You put him today, they lock that man up, you know, in a straitjacket 24 hours, you know, the rest of his life. Like they wouldn't let him. He would be crazy to all of us. But right. then you look at what he did and, you know. Sometimes I do agree, like not necessarily, I don't not believe in anything, you know, it's like until I've seen full fledged, like, oh, that can't be real. I literally saw that happen. Anything's possible, man. We live in a world where we are part of a grander scheme of everything that nobody, you know, people can claim to know all day, but nobody really knows, you know, anything. So it's like, I try to be open-minded, especially with stuff like that, because like you said, you don't know and you never know. Who knows? We all might wake up tomorrow in a whole different fucking matrix and a whole other different realm. And you know what I mean? Like nobody knows. Yeah. Because everybody that's lived it or seen it, you know, and, and can actually prove it 
I mean, where are they for one? And for two, if they have, you know, like, I don't want to get religious and all that, but it's kind of like the whole heaven and hell thing too. Like the people that know for sure are here to tell us, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. so how do we really know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think I, I think I go along with that. I think I go along with the idea of not knowing, um, not knowing what, you know, like there, there's so much to this reality and, you know, I've taken a, a, a plethora of hallucinogens in my time and I've seen some shit, you know, and, you know, they say that that's another gateway to another dimension or you could just be fucking high on drugs, you know, either one. But it's still there is this this uh, there is this mystery that that no one seems to be able to solve. Right. Like, you know, you mentioned God and it's like, you know, no one can sit here and prove it, but we all kind of can feel something right like and 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 uh, you know whether you're someone who doesn't believe in god per se or not you know there is something i feel like that we can all feel that is bigger than us that we do that everyone experiences these oddities these weird uh shifts in your paradigm where like you don't Really, you know, you you don't really understand what just happened, and you're just sort of like things can be surreal sometimes, and it, it, we just have all we always have these moments, and so like, what's to say that these aren't rips in you know our timeline or 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 you know reality splitting off? You know, there was this theory that uh, the pandemic was a split in our timeline, right? where one timeline went off to the pandemic and off into World War III and where we're going now, and then uh, another split went on to just uh, the normal day-to-day shit that we were doing already. So it, it's, it's of course, these are, these, are, uh, these are all things I see on TikTok. <laughs> but but, but, but I, please, go ahead. Uh, I mean, stuff like that, not, not necessarily like the splits and stuff, but like even, you know, me and my buddy were just talking about that the other day, like the music scene in and of itself. Like I wasn't heavily involved in the music scene per se pre-COVID, mm-hmm. but now like everything since then and getting more back, I'm still more back, back more involved in the music scene. Like it's almost like flipped on its axis, you know, yeah. completely where before it was a whole different vibe a whole different atmosphere like you know and it i don't want to get too big above where i am but like i look at guys like jelly roll who's close to where i am you know nashville not too far from me where that guy had been doing so much for so long and as a as a fan for one i watched it you know watched him grow and all of that but never get the love in his own city and stuff like that to now you know where he is like they have to beg him to come perform like so, you know, watching things like that and seeing, you know, everything being shut down and music kind of having to go to like we're doing now this online live, you know, live shows online, things like that. Now, with everything shifting back, it, it is crazy. It's almost like it's a whole 360. So I do believe that they're like you said, those two paths. I mean, I, I think there's a crazy amount of, you know, I'm a firm believer that everybody has their you know, whatever path they're intended to go. And, you know, you obviously have your choices and things like that. But again, you never really, when you see things like that, it makes you think like, okay, so what if COVID didn't happen? What would still be going on currently? You know, how would everything play out? Because again, life's full of the what ifs. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I like that. I like that. That because the the pandemic was like a real sh- paradigm shift for so many people. Um, I just, yeah. I just heard that what was it, like the small business licenses uh, in this country has gone up like forty one percent or some shit, and that's probably some yeah. made up number out of my brain. But like the amount of people who decided that they were over. You know, answering to the corporate overlords and and mm-hmm. you know, like showing up at you know nine to five in their cubicle or or you know, like living these miserable lives of and they've sort of found different pathways through the pandemic to to pursue their passions or pursue you know whatever it is that makes them truly happy. I think a lot yeah. of people they the talking paradigm shift here, like it was such a traumatic experience for everyone at the beginning especially that that we all sort of came well a lot of us came to this conclusion it's like well i'm not going back like there's no way i can go back to whatever that was before before the pandemic it's like i have to keep moving i'm not going to be able to sit idly in my cubicle and let my life run out you know it was such a, a dramatic change in everything that we were doing that that people did decide to take it upon themselves and and go for it. I wonder if business licenses dropped sixty percent during the pandemic and renewing and brought them back up forty percent. That could be a that could definitely be a, the case. Immortal, uh, the you know like because of the pandemic, there were so many small businesses that uh, that went out of business and and never yeah. came back. So maybe you're right. Maybe it's up because you know. Uh, because they were so down, <laughs> but still, I mean, it's, you, it's look a good news. It, you look at it, you know, the small businesses, exactly like you said, when it happened, me personally, you know, I tell people all the time, I come off sometimes as, you know, those, those conspiracy theorists or however, you know, I, I try to look at everything at the grander scheme. You know, my favorite, I tell people all the time, life is chess, not checkers. People for today live for today, only see today, not realizing everything else moving around them. So, you know, when the pandemic hit, the first thing you see is these big businesses. Like I was working in a restaurant as, you know, working in a kitchen. Um, The day I found out we were shutting down, you know, of course, nobody knew what was going on, yada, yada, yada. Um, And then I went back, you know, obviously after the pandemic was over and and went back to doing that. Um, But, you know, watching the small businesses, you know, where I was living at the time and even, you know, my friends back home and things like that, having to close and shut down simply because, yeah, there was all this money floating around, but, you know, a lot of the, the small restaurants couldn't have people or only had, you know, limited capacities. And then, you know, a lot of these small businesses didn't qualify for the certain loans or didn't qualify for things. So everything was crumbling around them, you know, and it was like, but there was still the certain businesses that obviously made it through. And then all of a sudden, you know, I think really for everybody personally, I know myself, that's what kind of put me on the path to start doing music again. Like, had a full blown come to Jesus, like what, you know, what am I doing? You know, I watched, you know, managers like in every business, especially the restaurant industry, they changed the law after the pandemic. Like they couldn't get away with working, you know, 80 hours and only paying these managers for 40 and things like that. So, you know, you watch the shift happen because people were no longer going to continue to thrive and, you know, throw their life away, not necessarily, but just go work the nine to five or go, you know, continue to try to revive companies that 
at the end of the day, if you died or you quit and went to another job, they just move somebody in again right behind you. And for me personally, you know, I still work a nine to five, but I do my music, you know, on the side as well. But for me, it was like, okay, you know, unless I find that career that's going to do and, and make me feel fulfilled, you know, that that's just not what I wanted to do. And then I saw everybody, like you said, start going online, start doing, you know, streaming, uh, uh, doing stuff from home. And you just watched it completely flip so many people, you know, COVID kind of showed the ugly side of a lot of things that people kind of knew was happening, but didn't really see it until COVID hit. And everybody's like, no, I can't, this isn't what I want to do. You know, if this is what we're going to have for the rest of our lives, I want to, you know, do it my way. And that was me personally, especially. Well, yeah, no, that, that, that was perfectly said. I, I, I absolutely agree with that. It's like, uh, man, I, it, it, for me, it was weird because I've been working for myself. Me and my wife have been working for ourselves for so long. And, and the pandemic ended up forcing us to different platforms and different ways of expression. But uh, at the end of the day, I have to go back into the workforce because there's not, you know, like around where I live in Toledo, Ohio, is not a lot of... There's not a lot of options for me right now for playing music and actually making money in that way. So it's like uh, I, I'm actually having to shift back into the 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 nine to five, and you know it's not bad, but you know with all of this change and with all these people understanding, you know they don't want to throw their wives away in some meaningless job that they hate. It's also opened the job market open. Uh, it's opened the job market to. Um, you know, you actually have some choices now, right? Because these companies now are having a hard time keeping spaces filled because of what we just talked about. You know, people aren't willing to go and do these crappy jobs and, and get treated like crap and get paid like shit. And, you know, people are over that, right? And so these employers, these companies are seeing that and they're having to raise their prices, to raise their pay, which is amazing. But, you know, inflation's, you know, sort of zeroing that out, right, or canceling that out. Um, but, you know, it, it did leave it open to where I'm like, well, if I'm going to go back into the workforce, then I want to do something I like to do, not some bullshit that I hate doing just for a paycheck. And that's what's so good. That, that's what's interesting about this time. I'm like, you know, that I, I, I was talking in, earlier in the show about this marketing job or whatever that I was interviewing for. And I'm just like, I don't want that fucking job. <laughs> like, you know, like I'm not that desperate, but I, you know, I mean, not to say that I don't need money or I don't need a job. I do, but like, I'm not that desperate that I'm going to run off and, and, and do some soulless you know, shit jobs selling potato chips to Walmart, you know, like that's not me. I'm just not doing that. Uh, so and, yeah, it's see, me personally, go ahead. like I said, I still work a job. Uh, I actually work in the cemetery, man, as you wow. know, I, I help them, you know, do all that stuff. Um, and that's, you know, I, I started that job working with a buddy of mine, you know, it's, it's, he owns part of it all that anyway. Um, but you know, that was me as far as doing jobs. Like I, I went, the jobs I've held since, you know, pre-COVID, I guess, I've taken so where on a Friday, if I need to go do a show, you know, hey, boss, you know, I got to leave out this time. I'll be back this time, you know, whatever, because, you know, at the end of the day, 
I'm going to work for somebody that understands I'm going to be there every day. I'm going to bust my ass. I'm going to give you 110%. But those times where I need to go do what I'm doing as far as my music and things like that, that's, that's more important to me. No disrespect to any job. There's a million of them out there. I can go make whatever money. I'm 33. I have a good record. You know, I'm, I'm golden. I can go work wherever, but I need to focus, you know, because that's what I want to do, whether it's, blowing up and like we were talking about earlier you know i'll take kanye's spot at the grammys haha you know if, if that's the route for me and, and my path to go in this life great or if it's behind the scenes doing something with this music and helping these other people build these things and, and all of us winning you know whatever that may be that's what i want to do it's not working some job that yeah it's great it's got vacation days i get paid you know great money and i get you know benefit yada 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 that's great you know no no disrespect but that's not for me. You know, if I get to be 45, 50 years old and, you know, okay, it's not, not really panning out. I guess I'll go get one of them, you know, jobs I can go work at till I kick the bucket and hope I get enough retirement. Like, <laughs> yeah. no, no, um, Raina, Raina brought up a good point about just sort of circling back to, um, what immortal said about if business licenses drop 60% during the pandemic and renewing brought it back up 40%, you know, that's not really, you know, that's not really an increase. And Raina sort of piggybacked off that and was saying that that's like when Biden said vaccines were up 100% since he made it into office. Like, no shit, there wasn't a vaccine before that, right? Yeah, and that's just classic politicians fucking taking credit for, you know, shit they didn't do. And, well, and not only that, but you look at all these jobs that are like, oh, you know, we'll give you a, a $100 bonus or whatever bonus if you're vaccinated and take a job. Like, yeah, so the, the incentives were there as well. So it's like, of course, it's going to be up. Like, <laughs> it's going to be up. Yeah, they're offering hamburgers, hamburgers for yeah, shots, well, weed for shots, beers. <laughs> It's like how are we how are we promoting health in this country if we're trying to give people fucking greasy ass hamburgers to get this shot in the in their arm? It doesn't really the, the best quote I heard from somebody was, you know, that was my whole take on the vaccine, like not knocking anybody. Everybody has their own choices, man. I'm not gonna say or tell anybody what they should or shouldn't do. Me personally, you know, the best quote I heard about it was I have asthma, you know, the, the lady said, I have asthma attacks. You know, if I'm having an asthma attack, you don't have to give me an extra $100 to take my inhaler. Like, I know I need that. Yeah. You know, there shouldn't be that incentive like, hey, come get the vaccine and we'll give you, you know, X. Like, But but it was very funny that they felt that they needed to get right. that sentence, right? <laughs> like, you would think that people would just be lining up in droves uh, to get this magical elixir and, um, you yeah. know, there was a lot of hesitancy, you know, there, and the, you know, the fact that they're trying to bribe people says a lot to me. It says a lot because, I mean, the facts are that, you know, it was a rushed thing, even though I know that the technology has been around for 10 years or whatever. But it, it was a rushed thing, and people were uh, scared of that. And, of course, I'm not trying to say nothing about nobody going and get the vaccine Everybody, go get the vaccine. It's there for you if you want to. I don't care if you do or don't. Whatever. Because guess what? We're getting COVID either way. So <laughs> it's happening either way. So I don't give a fuck if you get the vaccine or not. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to hug you. And I'm still going to take my mask off around you if you allow me to. 
Uh, yo, that lady with the inhaler said it perfect. Uh, in Alberta, they were giving away a million in lottery. I believe Jesus. Who's the guy? Who's the lady with the inhaler? Uh, talking about that quote, I can't remember who it was. It was somebody I saw on a Facebook video. Uh, it was some comedian. Um, but it was like a whole little three minute spiel. She was talking about, you know, how they were incentivizing the vaccine and stuff. And she was like, you know, that's, that's just the way I look at it. Like if it's something I had to have, why would you need to convince me to take it? Like I, I you wouldn't have to tell me, you know, <laughs> it's like, obviously I fucking need it. Mm. Uh, he just retold the story. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, <laughs> I see. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> my, <laughs> my bad. Look, I saw the comment, and at first I was like, "Inhale." Okay, yeah, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I get what they're saying. I get you. No, it, it's uh, it, it's it's definitely it was definitely it was definitely weird. But you know, I'm not. I don't want to come off as an anti-vaxxer, folks. You know that no, is that you I'm not pro or anti. Like I said, it's everybody's choice, man. Yeah. We all, you know, whatever you choose, however you choose to feel about it. That's just my opinion. We're all entitled to that too. You know, it's like yeah, exactly, exactly. We're, we're it, it, some people will tell you their opinion whether you want to hear it or not, and that's just how it goes. <laughs> but yeah, man, I um. You know, there's a the name of your album. I gotta say is 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 uh is interesting, and I would love for you to go into it. I it's called the dystopia of an MC, right? That's do I have that yes, right? Sir. And yep. everybody, you can get his new album. And if you, hold on, I got I got him under OBS, which I thought was funny. Uh, but yeah, right there is the link for Obsolete. You can get all of his, uh, all the, you can get physical copy of the album and you can get, you can stream it from, you know, stream it. There's links in this link there. So go ahead, check it out and, and, you know, go follow Obsolete up on all his socials and such. But uh, can you kind of go into uh, what, what, what this album is about and what, what sort of, what, what were you talking about? The dystopia of an MC. So I was watching this show called Heels. I'm sure, you know, a lot of people know what that is with uh, the guy from Arrow. Uh, it's like a wrestling show. Oh. And at one point they went to this venue and it was called something, something dystopia. Hmm. And that word just immediately caught my attention. I was like, man, I don't, I, I'm sure I've heard it before, but didn't really catch it or something. I had to know what it meant. So I went and looked it up. Um, and it's basically like, you're creating your own, you know, your own reality in a sense, like your, whatever you're passionate about building your, you know, that's your dystopia. So then from there, stem, you know, started stemming, you know, when it came time for album ideas, I was like, man, I want to incorporate that somehow. So my album is basically the last two years, you know, two and a half years of building these songs that I've done and putting pieces together you know, things falling into place like they needed to for me to even get to this point to say, hey, I'm going to put an album together. So, you know, and I always tell people I'm an artist. I'm not a rapper. You know, I'm not anything. I'm an artist first and an MC. I'm old school. And so that was really, I was like, okay, this album is exactly that. That's my dystopia. It's, you know, yes, there's those tracks on there that you want to vibe and nod your head to. And then there's that raw, rugged, who I am, you know, I am, 
on the microphone, I try to be the same person I am in real life. You know, I, I let that flow through my music and, and I'm passionate about what I do. So, like I said, that dystopia thing, it just kind of fit. So that's where the whole name came from, because the album is exactly that. It is the the reality that I'm building around myself with this music. Mm. Yeah, that's dope. Um, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when I hear it, when when I hear dystopia, I relate to dystopian, you know, and, and think of like this dystopian, uh, you know, the dystopian future, maybe after, uh, uh, you know, like. Uh, uh, like in Brave New World or something, you know, the future or, or 1984, this dystopian future where, you know, people are people. What's going on? Oh, hold on. Yo. Let me what? get out of here. I'm not talking to nobody. Sorry, I thought my phone was off, but it is not. You know, I with, with dystopia. So I, I I took it in a different way, but I I like your way better. It's not like because I took it in more of a in a negative connotation, and this is like what you're saying is almost like a um, yeah. I mean, you're creating your own reality. You're building yourself up, and uh, you know, like listening through. You know, you're talking about you you've you've lost it all, and 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 you're building it back. Is that is that something was, um, is that just a lyric or is that, is that a reality for you? Is, have you, have you... That, is, that is a reality, man. Um, Aaron, you know, him and I kind of went live the night before the album dropped, kind of touched base. And obviously at, you dropped the link, you know, people can read a little bit more into it, but this was 13 years in the making, basically. Um, for the first 10 or so years I had done music, I was part of a duo, um, Long story short, no sh no shade thrown, no nothing, you know, just didn't work out. Um, we were talking about COVID earlier, you know, that was really when I had to come to Jesus meeting with my fiance. Um, and we kind of talked about what I wanted to do. I had, you know, still had people hitting me up all the time, wondering if I was doing music or if I wanted to collab on stuff or wanted to do this, wanted to do that. But I knew what I had done for the last 10 or so years was not what I wanted to continue to do as far as my music. Not necessarily that it was bad or any, you know, bad images or anything like that, but I knew that name and that was affiliated with everything else that I had done that wasn't who I was per se. So when I'd come up with the name Obsolete and everything, you know, once her and I had talked and kind of decided I was going to do this, I decided I was literally starting from square one. I wanted to do it my way i wanted to rebrand rebuild go by a completely different name um and do it how i wanted to not necessarily push out a whole bunch of songs and, and flood the market and, and all that um just really kind of take my time and, and rebuild everything for myself and do it you know for myself not necessarily for myself but like you know, I do everything for my kids. You'll hear a lot about that, too. But really, with the music, I wanted to do it my way. Like, I had done it, you know, everybody else's way and had allowed, you know, had to move on everybody else's time and stuff like that. And I didn't want that to be an option again. I wanted to, if I fail, I'm the reason I fail. Um, and I know to some people that sounds arrogant or anything like that. But for the longest time, I didn't believe in myself. Um, me and my fiance have been together going on almost four years now. Um, and she finally got me to the point where I realized who I truly am. Like I said, my music, you know, you'll learn a lot about me. Um, but I, I believe it in myself. I never thought was even a possibility all my life. I've heard the complete opposite. 
Um, and throughout, you know, the last couple of years, she's finally gotten me to the point where I not only believe in myself, but I know if I continue to do what I'm doing, make the moves that I'm doing and continue to be the genuine person that I am like, this is no, no facade, no nothing. You see me at a show. I'm the same guy that you see sitting on this interview, the same guy that you see kicking it with my kids on a Sunday at the park, you know, and doing it how I wanted to do it. My story telling, you know, doing things like that that this is how I wanted to do it. And, and she finally can, you know, got that in my head. Like not only can I do that, but it can be so much bigger. And throughout all of that, that's how I've kind of gotten to the point where last year I had done my first show, you know, by myself, obviously, but the first time I had stepped on stage in almost God, nine years at that point, I think. And from there, last year, I did almost eight shows, I believe it was. Um, I've done a few already this year, like, and I'm, I'm building connections and things like that throughout all of this. But it really took finally believing in myself to get to that point to get this far, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does, man. Um, that, that whole believing in yourself thing is a hard thing. It's a hard nut to crack. Especially if you didn't come up with people who who are encouraging in your life, or who, um, you know, people who maybe maybe getting bullied or something, you know, like that that type of shit will always drain you. Or, or t a teacher, you know, like there's always like an educator out there that likes to shit on people's uh, goals and spirits because they're failing at life. Um, it's, it's it's really hard, man. And if you don't have that sort of innate sensibility then you know finding it and getting it together is is just it's, it's wild so so what were some of the things that sort of brought you to that belief in yourself really you know watching her for you know she's been you know one of my best friends i, I met her in 2009 man her and i remained friends throughout the years we finally got together in about 2018 um, her, my mama, Maggie and my kids, man, just watching them. It didn't matter what I do to my kids. Obviously, you know, my kids always love me and love dad, but it was like seeing them react to my music and seeing, you know, people like my mama, Maggie, who don't listen to rap a whole lot, you know, not, not her style per se, but just the things I've heard her say about my music and knowing that people like her can relate to it. And, you know, just watching people, you know, around me that hear it and, and, seeing them appreciate who I am because my biggest thing is my kids. Like I said, I want, I want my kids to see if my son just, you know, came to me tomorrow and said, dad, I want to be an astronaut in the ocean, like that mass wolf dude, you know, I'm gonna go buy him a spacesuit. Same thing with my daughters. And, and, you know, because at the end of the day, we, no matter what anybody believes, no matter what, you know, your religious beliefs or anything like that, my opinion this is the life we're living currently. We don't know what happens outside of that. Chase your dreams, man. And that was really, I was, you know, I remember being that kid and, and telling my quote unquote parents my dreams and what I wanted to do when I grew up, grew up and, and get laughed at, you know, and it's like, I was never going to be that parent to my kids. So really, this is my way of showing them like everybody in the world is going to tell you no, but tell yourself yes one time and see what happens. You know, and and they're the way they, you know, love my music. My daughter knows most of my songs word for word, you know, and, and like I said, my fiance really just drilling it in my head like, babe, you know, you you got the talent, not only that, but 
you know, it's everything else outside of that. The way I, you know, talk to people, the type of person I am, like it's things like that where to, to come from what I come from and still be the way I am, you know, not necessarily I want to be a motivational speaker or try to inspire anybody, but if somebody can hear my music, you know, my, my favorite reference to go to me and my depression on my album, that's one of the rawest, most, you know, you want to know a good bit about me. That's me. Like my, that course of that is literally me fighting back and forth with myself. You know, I'm a, I'm a piece of shit. You know, I'm, I'm never going to do nothing to no nah, man. I can do this. Like, I know I can do it. And that's what it's about, man. And, and everybody goes through it in some shape, form or fashion, call it depression, call it anxiety, call it whatever you want to. Everybody battles themselves. Mm-hmm. But if you can finally get to that point where you're like, I can do it. Everybody else might think I can't, but if, if I think I can do it, I can do it. Yeah. And great things happen in my opinion. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, yeah, that, that's everything, man. It's like, if you can't believe in yourself, then it's not going to happen. And yeah. it's like, and however you got to get there, just get there, you know? Um, I, 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 it's beautiful that, you know, you have a support system, you know, like your, your, your partner and your, and your mom and, uh, you, you, you quoted, you said your parents and you did, uh, air quotes. Did you, did you grow up where you adopted or what was the... So- no, I lived I lived with my biological parents uh-huh. most of my life. I haven't spoken to them since 2015. Um, and to be quite frank with you, I don't care to speak to them unless maybe it's a headstone after it's all said and done. Oh, um, and that's I know that's a harsh pill for a lot of people. Um, and I, it is, I'm gonna put it as blunt as I can. If I went to the doctor tomorrow and they told me my leg my leg was infested, you know, with gangrene and they'd have to cut it off so I could live. I'm not going to keep my leg because I like having my leg, Mm. you know, like, and it wasn't even a matter of that. It's just toxic is toxic. You know, I grew up in a very toxic environment. They can feel how they want to feel about it. And, and maybe one day, you know, they'll have their own come to Jesus meeting. I hope so for them. I don't hate them for, you know, how everything is or anything like that, but I've, I've forgiven them because that's who they are, but I don't have to be around them and allow them to influence my life, if that makes sense. Um, So when I said my mama Maggie, um, she is my step aunt by marriage. um, And she's been around my whole life. uh, But here the last probably five or so years, her and I have got very, very close. um, And she loves me more and, and looks out for me more than, you know, my own mother could have ever thought about doing. Um, and I haven't had that since 2008 when I lost my grandmother, um, who was really like my mom figure growing up. That was really the the early years of learning what a man was and, and being, you know, a respectable person and things like that. You know, I still think about her every day. I lived with her for about four years growing up. Um, and that was really the, the most parental figure I had had up to that point in my life. Um, and then now, like me and my mama Maggie talked for probably three, four hours by the every week at least you know if not more like she is that person in my life um so that's why i put the parents in air quotes because like i said man a, a lot of people you know i still speak to some family and things like that but you know everybody that knows me man i'm 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 not the people that they've tried to make me out to be or tried to make me believe i was and that is why i just had to distance myself man and 
to not get too deep. And in 2015, they really put their cards on the table. And the last thing my mother had said to me was I needed to change my last name. I wasn't part of her family. And I looked at her and I was like, well, it took you 27 years to admit what I knew my whole life, but it's not your last name to tell me I need to change anyway, but you know, peace out to you. And that was it. I saw him in court twice over some dumb shit and you know, they were trying to, yeah, they, Dude, they called CPS on me for, you know, fraudulent shit about my kids. The caseworker basically laughed and was mad. She had to waste her time coming to my house. And then they filed they wanted their grandparents' rights. And that went on for about a year and a half. And that basically got thrown out. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall because I think the lawyer was basically like, look, I can keep taking your guys' money. But, you know, we're you guys don't stand a chance. Like, you know, just give it up. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, that's why... I am, you know, and, and you'll hear a lot of that in my music and the references to that. Like, like I said, I don't hate them anymore. And that took a long time for me. Mm. Um, I still don't like the thought of it. You know, that there's the, the, the reality. I will probably see them again one day or something along the lines. But, you know, they are who they are. And that's that's their choices. You know, I, I know my mother's mom, you know, very personally. And I know what my father grew up around in those those people were nothing like that. They chose to be the way they are. Mm. And I can't influence that or change how they feel about me or anything else. And I'm not going to try. I don't have to. I am my own person. I have my own kids, my own legacy to leave behind, which I will. And I'm not going to let them tarnish it. Yeah. Yeah. No, just, uh, I think some people mistake, you know, blood people who are their blood related to, as someone as that you're stuck with forever <laughs> and that you have to deal with this and you and yep. this is this is just part of being in a family but the reality is is like no blood don't mean that you have to deal with abuse it doesn't mean nope. that you have to deal with toxic behavior it doesn't mean that you have to deal with their bullshit and uh, you know like ugh, i can't even go into it myself but like i have some shit that's going on in my family not my immediate family but in my in my family that is just despicable and it's like how could you even try to do that to your own brothers and sisters you know like and and again this is not my sister or anything but it's you know some family stuff but like it's like i i, I can't imagine that but but then you know I can because they obviously have 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 been able to put up that barrier that 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 blood barrier or whatever they don't care they're they're willing to go through great lengths to cause you know chaos in 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 other people's lives so why shouldn't yeah. you give that back and why should anybody have to deal with that you know and you don't you just don't you can yeah. you can say goodbye <laughs> and you don't have to talk to them until they're ready to come around and be human beings about it and even then you don't have to yeah. talk to them so. Yeah. so some people are put on this earth to just be very self-absorbed and very you know so that that's all they really care about. And at the end of the day, you can't, you can't help who people are. You know, I, my grandmother, like I said, I lost her in 2008. I remember the first time she ever told me about respect, you know, and it, I still to this day live by that. She said, everybody says, you know, respect is earned, not given, you know, and she's like, that's not true. You respect everybody. And, and even when somebody disrespects you, you don't in turn disrespect them. You just respect that, that you respect the fact they are that person and you treat them accordingly from there, yeah. you know, and, and to me that that resonated and, and I didn't realize it then. But, you know, the older I got, it's the truth. Everybody chooses how they treat people. Everybody chooses how they want to be. 
they can blame it on whatever they want to. We all have horrible childhoods. We all have shitty ex-girlfriends or shitty whatever. They can blame it on what they want to, but we all choose how we act and treat people. And at the end of the day, you can't change that about a person. So if they act a certain way, you place them accordingly wherever you need to in your, your little box, your little dystopia of life, and, and move on. Yeah, your granny was a Jedi by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah. She was a very, like I said, she, the four years I lived with her, man, I, I still to this day, I lost her in 2008 and I would, I'd do just about anything to have five minutes of conversation with her. But the four years I got, man, I couldn't, I could spend the rest of my life trying to make enough money to repay her back for all of the knowledge and the things that she taught me. Because at that, it was a very pivotal point in my life. I was about 11 years old when I moved in with her. And I didn't move back until I was almost 14, 15, I believe. Um, and just in those few years, man, I finally saw what being a, you know, a parent was for one and what, you know, having somebody to, to look out for you. And my grandmother, you know, everybody my, used to say she was one of those. She'd give you the shirt off her back in the pouring rain and, and wouldn't even complain about it. Like and watching her and the type of person she was just in general. And she she came from a shitty childhood you know her mom my grandmother was afraid of the dark for her whole life until the day she passed because of her childhood and my grandmother was just like i said she was that type of woman she took care of everyone around her and, and you know never really took time for herself i don't believe but she was just she was an angel man she really was and she inspired me in a lot of ways and and, and again you know that's where i learned to kind of be who I was. I didn't know it then, but you know, the older I get and the more I look at it, I'm like, you know, I just see things and I'm like, man, that's, that's her, you know, like I know exactly where I got that from. Yeah. Yeah. No, like the, the, I think an important thing for people to understand is that, um, this is like protecting your own energy is a huge thing. It's, it's a huge, yeah. huge thing. And, uh, mental, like you said at the beginning, man, mental health is a crazy thing and people don't understand how much, it, not just stuff like that, but especially stuff like that affects all of that. And once you start trying to find that inner peace, like no matter what anybody's going through, find that happy, whether it's sitting down playing video games for two hours a night after you get home from work or whatever it may be, because that's, that's the most important thing. If your mental health's off, nothing you do really makes sense or is relevant because you're not going to be happy. You're not going to give it all of you because you're, you're just that disconnect is there. And it took me a long time, you know, because to me, I was that kid. I grew up depression ain't real. You know, that's all in your head. Ha ha. Mm. And for the longest time until I realized what depression and anxiety and shit was, I was like, hey, what? no, I just, something's wrong. Maybe, you know, some, some ain't off. I need to figure it out. And then finally realizing like, oh shit, no, this, this is real. Like this is, you know, yeah. and it's a lot of people, you know, it's hard. It really is. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Um, yeah. It took me a long time as well to to figure out what depression was and like to figure out that was, oh that's why I was always drinking and drugging in my twenties because <laughs> I I couldn't stand you know being in just pushing it down <laughs> <laughs> exactly you're just ramming it down and and you're just waiting for it to come out another day and yep. and that and, and when yeah, I got sober. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I got sober, it came right the fuck out. It came right well, the I fuck know. out. And that's the shit now. And that's 
That's exactly what I'm dealing with now, you know, and that's almost 10 years ago. That's almost 10 years ago, and I'm still dealing with this shit. Now, I mean, it's a lifelong journey, obviously, but it's still like, yeah. it's still, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's like, how do, how do you, when you're in a depressive state, you know, or, or in an anxious state, what is some of the ways that you sort of pull yourself out of that? Um, really, my kids are a big thing, like, especially with depressed stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I unfortunately don't live, you know, I can't drive down the street and go pick my kids up. My kids live in Oklahoma. Um, I live in Kentucky, so I get them for, you know, the summer visits. Uh, we just had them for spring break for the whole week, which mm -hmm. was super dope. I got to do a show. They got to come on stage with me and, oh. you know, get on stage and they've never seen me perform. So, you know, that was cool for them. And they Dude, they had so much fun. They were supporting everybody else and stuff. So that was cool. But really when I'm, you know, in my darkest spots, they're the ones, you know, I'll, I'll video chat with them or something like that. And just talking to them, they kind of always snap that out of me um, with the anxiety. Like music is really my, my go-to. I'm an awkward person for the most part, but I've gotten past that through music because going to these shows and networking and trying to not necessarily market myself, but just talking to people and trying to build genuine connections and networking with people, you know, I've had to kind of come out of that shell. So music is really, you know, and the depression as well. When I start getting, you know, down on myself or start doubting what I'm doing, it's like, okay, I kind of kick myself in the ass and I'll come in here and just, even if I listen to beats for two hours and scratch a bunch of scribble in the you know notebook, just try to kick myself out of that funk because again, that happy place, man, whatever it may be, I'm not, again, not saying, you know, the medicines and stuff, every, everybody does it their way, but it all starts with that happy spot, you know, that you find within yourself, whatever the hell it may be, yeah. you know, just enjoy the, enjoy life and remind yourself that somebody, you know, somebody out there has got it worse than we do. You know, that's, that's really the grander scheme for me. It's like, I'm sitting here complaining about things that, somebody else you know in, in a way worse position would be grateful for like what am i so depressed about so yeah there there, there is always someone worse off man. and working at the homeless shelter made me realize that really hard because I, guess, I mean because coming out of my addiction i had a support team i had a you know i had people in my corner and a lot of folks that I met over this winter at, at my, you know, my job, I was, uh, you know, they had nobody, you know, they were abandoned and, and just kicked to the side and didn't have anything, you know. And so it was nice to be, uh, it was nice to be that for them in those moments because they would have these moments where um, it's like, hey, and they called me Mr. Mike. Hey, Mr. Mike, uh, I, I got into the program. I'm going to be in the program now, like, you know, in the housing program. And I'm like, oh, shit, hell yeah. And I'd give them high fives and shit, like, and just, you know, make it as much of a big uh, deal as possible for them because I, I just wanted them to feel like they had somebody that was proud of them because you're talking in the amount of young people, the amount of youth that came through that door is heartbreaking, man. There's so many kids that came through that door, 18 year olds, you know, 20 year olds, 22 year olds, just young, 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 young kids who, who don't have anybody or anything. And they're just there. And, 
I mean, it's just sad, man. It was a very sad. There was a lot of sad moments, but the best part about it was being able to, um, you know, to 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 make them laugh or to to be proud for them in the moments they needed it, or or to to just even feed them. You know what I mean? Just just taking uh, taking that time to 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 give yourself of someone else. I find that to be very um, medicinal as well. To to yeah. to go out and and help other people and when you're not feeling at your best is go out and and help and give yourself more. Um, I don't know. I, have you ever had an experience with that? Just I mean, not with the homeless in general, but like with um, just giving yourself for someone else. Just just you know, in times of your own need. And, and that's one of the things like my grandmother, she used to work in a nursing home, like, but for the elderly people that kind of had like the dementias mm -hmm. and the, didn't really have, you know, family to come around and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, she not only worked there, but I watched her, you know, go there all the time outside of work and stuff. And I don't do that stuff in my life now per se, but I'm one of those people like. I always try to hold the door open for somebody or when I'm, you know, standing in line at the counter and if there's somebody in front of me or, you know, at, at the cashier, just try to shoot the shit and just, you know, just make conversation or just do something, you know, in generally, like it cracks me up. I see people all the time. I'll grab the door as they're coming in the door and, and some people just kind of look at you because you look at me and you wouldn't assume like, oh, you know, okay. And it's like, you know, just stuff like that. It cracks me up because people, Stuff like that gets lost, man. You don't realize, like, somebody might be having a shitty-ass day, and you just held the door open for them on their way in the store, and they might be like, hey, you know, what was I even mad about? Like, that was cool, you know, and just go on about their business. So it's like just stupid stuff like that. Try to make people laugh, you know, when I'm around. I, I don't necessarily want to be the center of attention, but you'll see me cutting up and, and you know, just trying to have a good time, man, because, like I said, there's, there's enough stuff in life to make us miserable, but there's not enough stuff in life to enjoy, man, and I just try to – Try to enjoy every minute of it while I can. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt, man. There's, you got to find your happiness. I think, I think that's a good, I think that's a good thing to come back to is like just finding your happiness. Uh, did have you ever, have you ever messed around with like uh, meditation at all? Like that was a huge thing for me. No, I've never really done meditation. I've tried to do like meditation, sitting down and just zoning out per se, and I, and I've noticed. That doesn't really work, but I think, again, with the music, man, sometimes there will be times I sit here and put the headphones on listening to beats, and I'll look at my phone, and I've sat there for 30, 40 minutes just listening to beats, didn't write shit down, mm -hmm. didn't just just zoned out, man, and then I try to start thinking about what I was thinking about or whatever I was doing, just nothing, man. I just kind of just zoned out yeah. for a little bit, and so I think, again, in its own way, it's become kind of like that meditation as well, but I'm I, I understand why people do it because I've read a lot of stuff about it, like especially with the, you know, the mushrooms and the various ways to do things like that as well. Um, so I understand why, because, you know, especially with hallucinogens, man, that again, talking about what we were talking about earlier with the, the crazy matrix shit, you know, we don't really know, like in that stuff kind of, it makes you more susceptible. You know, it, it opens your third eye, if that's what you want to call it. Like, yeah. it makes you realize there's more to life than just us. That's really at the at the core of all of it. That's what that stuff is, is it, it makes you realize in the grand scheme of things, we are a piece of grass in a football field the size of the earth that no one, <laughs> you know, 
Yeah, man. No, the you you're right. You're right, man. The the, the that the idea of uh, music and uh, you know even if you are taking mushrooms or whatever it is, you're you're that is a form of meditation. Being creative is a form of meditation. So is so is exercising is a form of meditation. You know, it's like. It's like it, it, meditation doesn't have to be something that you're sitting still and you're trying to clear your mind and join the river of consciousness. No, it's like um, it, it, it can be whatever it, it, whatever it is for you. And what it, I feel like the main thing is whatever is bringing you to present, right? Like whatever is bringing you to this moment right now. Come back to that center, man. Yeah, come back to center, and and if that's what it does, if that's what it is for you, you know, listening to beats or writing music or, you know, running a marathon, whatever it is for you, it's like that is that that that's beautiful. I mean, and there's so many people who don't even try to explore these things, and and you know, they tend to be the ones who are. You know, yelling at you in a fucking parking lot for 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 cutting them off, or like you know, people like yelling at the the manager. You know, it's like let me speak to your manager. You know, it's like these people who never no. took a minute to examine themselves, to to take a look at their behaviors. Like, you know, asking yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I acting like this? I mean, this was a very you know, I'm not trying to say I'm better than anybody because this was a very challenging thing for myself. Uh, to to sit there and uh, you know step back a moment and be like why am I feeling this why am I doing this but you start practicing these things and it starts becoming sort of second nature and I found myself doing that the other day I, I I quit smoking weed for a month because I'm trying to get a new job not because I'm you know on some spiritual fucking movement here I'm just <laughs> I gotta piss clean goddammit. Moving Dutchman, what's going on, my friend? Welcome in, welcome in. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, you know, the I haven't been smoking weed, and so, like, in the first few weeks, you know, there, I was a little testy, and then I threw in uh, not smoke and not drinking coffee now, so now I'm just oh. like this, yeah, and now I'm just this complete fucking mess of a human being, but... Over this weekend, I, I just mostly slept, but uh, over this weekend, uh, there was moments where I'm becoming frustrated with whatever the situation is, and I've gotten so, and again, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I've gotten so good at at least, um, you know, taking a moment, taking a, a taking a breath, and and asking myself, what the fuck is happening here? You're not really mad at them or, you know, or at that inanimate object, you're mad at you. What what are you upset at? What is it that's gotten you? And some of it's just a chemical reaction to cutting yourself off from caffeine, uh, but some of it is just you know work that you're working on because I don't know. I, I I tend to just start getting mad at other people because I'm frustrated about stuff. You're actually in Dutchland. Well, I'm glad you're home, buddy. I'm glad you're home. Good to good to good to be home sometimes, right, man? Uh, speaking of home, your your home, you know, I read somewhere that you're from Alaska. It's like, what what's that all about, baby? I gotta I know. Born, I was born in Alaska. I lived there till I was about three, I believe, three or four years old. I see. Um, so that's a very young. I don't remember much about it, but I'd have seen like some videos, and, like the pictures, you know, the old VHS tapes and shit like that. But uh. 
that's that's on my bucket list bucket list i want to go up there eventually again and just kind of see everything because from what i saw it's definitely beautiful up there but it's, it's one of those crazy things i tell people like oh yeah i was born in alaska it's like no the fuck you were it's like no no i was <laughs> yeah yo dude Alaska. i definitely want to go up there uh do you still have family up there or or family that you're in contact no with? not that i know of they so my again father was in the military so that's just where he happened to be stationed at that you know the time they decided to bring me into the you know whoever decided to bring me into the world um and then they lived there until he had gotten i want to say he had gotten out and then moved to new york that is why you know we were only stationed there as long as he was so moving dutchman said real men are born in alaska is that true? Uh, yeah. He's he not said, wrong. You said you're so. goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a tough son of a bitch. I'm still here, bro. I should have been dead twice, you know, actually once, not so much. But the second time I took, you know, about 440, 460, something like that amount of fucking electricity in the back of my head for a couple seconds and fucking knocked me out for about two hours. So, yeah. Whoa, shit. Yeah. How did that happen? And, uh, 2014, 15, I can't remember. Um, so I was working this job with my buddy. It wasn't even my real job. It was something I was doing on my day off to go make some extra money. And, uh, we were tearing machines apart, man. Wasn't supposed to be no, no power in them. Apparently I found the one that had power. And all I remember was climbing in and then waking up outside. And I was like, looked like I should have been on the walking dead, dude. I, I was foaming at the mouth. I couldn't talk. I was just, uh, you know. And they put me in the ambulance and they were asking me some questions and I fucking passed out again. And then I woke up in the hospital. I still didn't really know what the fuck happened. And uh, the doctors start talking to me. And at that point, I could kind of start talking and, you know, was a little cognizant. And they're like, all right, you know, we're treating you like you have an altered mind state. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, an altered mind state? You know, and they're like, oh, we're, we're basically treating you like an overdose patient because we don't know what happened. Oh. And I was like, well, listen, I... I'm a fucking avid weed smoker. That's all I fucking do. That's all I've done. I didn't overdose on no fucking weed. So I'm not sure what happened, but I know it's not that. So <laughs> and about that time, they're looking me over and they realized I had this little burn mark on the back of my head that looked like an electrical burn. So then they looked at my ankles and I had the exit wounds on top of my ankles. I still have the scars there. And, uh, they realized I had been electrocuted. Well, about that time, my buddy that I was with had finally gotten there, and it was his aunt that had owned the building. And apparently, I had shut down the whole, you know, power grid, what was left of the building. And uh, that's how they figured out what was going on because it triggered the alarm system and all that shit when there wasn't supposed to be no power in that porter. Yeah, I don't know. But needless to say, for about three months after that, I was I couldn't do anything, man. I was I laid on a couch. If I like coughed, sneezed, I felt like I was gonna die, you know, just drained. And it finally, you know, after about three months, I was finally able to start moving, you know. I mean, I could walk and I could do all that shit, but literally I was just I felt like exhausted, I guess. Like if you just ran fucking a, a week-long bender i guess on some meth or some shit didn't sleep <laughs> like i just you know where you couldn't you were there but you weren't fucking there right. man i couldn't i remember at one point probably about two months after i went to go mow my yard and you know just pull start the lawnmower and i couldn't even get enough strength to pull the fucking cord to start the lawnmower man right. like it was bad wow wow holy yeah. shit 
I feel like, do you feel like if you had been a little older or something that that would have ended your life or if you've been like, I, I don't really know, man. It's crazy that I think the only reason, I mean, obviously there's more to it than that, but the biggest reason I had to have hit and when, and when it touched my head, it had to have just immediately dropped me mm-hmm. because that amount of electricity, mm-hmm. like once I realized I shut down, you know, the whole fucking grid in the building and shit, um, that amount of electricity should have ended me. And I don't remember, like I said, I remember climbing in and then waking up outside foaming at the mouth. We were down like two flights of stairs in this part of this factory and shit. It was, it was crazy, man. But I obviously, you know, I'm not sure what, what, if I'd been a little older or anything, if I, you know, would have made a difference. I think really, if I'd have stuck to it longer than I yeah. did, or, you know, cause I went to the doctor probably about two weeks after it happened um and basically trying to figure out you know like what's the long-term effects you know because at that point like i said i still couldn't really move around a lot couldn't do a whole lot and he's like you know basically we don't know what to say most people that take that amount of electricity you know it goes one of two ways you either die or you know something's wrong like you're you know paralyzed or you know you have severe nerve damage or something so we don't know like you might have problems later in life but for now just kind of be thankful you're here and and, you know there you go that's fucking wild dude that's fucking immortal says what the hell is the compensation like in america for that What's fucked up is I didn't even get paid for it because it happened on like a side job. I was just doing for a friend. And come to find out, which I found out later on, technically all she would have had to do was say we weren't allowed to be there. And then I could have probably went to jail too. So it was a whole clusterfuck of a situation, man. Like shit that happens to me, man. I tell Immortal all the time. I need to write a book because it would make a great movie. Nobody would believe it. Like, no, that didn't fucking happen. It's like, no. No, it did. <laughs> wow, dude, that's wild. That is so wild to, to get fucking. Yeah. Oof, I, I've been electrocuted a couple times in my life, but that is not my experience. <laughs> that is dude, wild. I, did, I didn't even plug in my cell phone charger for like the first month and a half, two months after that. Like, I would fucking, I'd have my ex-wife get my phone to plug that shit. I would not, not dude. It it fucked with me for a while, man. It like. It scared me. It really did because that amount, like I said, I've been shocked before, you know, fucking with outlets or, you know, jumping cars and shop. Had a little shock, but dude, I, like I said, my, the biggest memory I remember was waking up outside and that EMT looking at my buddy and was like, you know, I think your buddy's dead. And he's like, no, he's still alive. He's just like, you know, because I'm just sitting there, dude, just uh, shaking and shit, bro. It was, and then they're talking to me and I, I could tell they were talking to me. I remember that, but don't really remember what they were asking me. And then it was like, I passed back out in the ambulance and then woke up in the hospital. I don't know how much longer it was. And they're kind of talking and I'm kind of like coming to and realizing what the fuck was going on. And yeah, it was crazy, man. That whole ordeal. It was just, it was a shitty situation to begin with, but I'm, there's clearly a reason I was here. I'm still here, man. So that was, yeah. you know, that's where I try to look at it. Yeah, you said you had exit wounds out of your ankles. Like that's I, I still have the scars. You can see it. They're they're a little more faint now, but mm-hmm. I still have two scars about that big above both my ankles because it has. I'm sure if you shave my head down, there's probably a a burn scar on the back there too. 
Um, but that's where apparently it came out because, you know, you have the rubber fucking shoes. So mm. I had to have been grounded because the floor we were on was concrete. Um. So I'm guessing it had to jump from me back into the concrete or something. But, yeah, they found the burn mark on the back of my head and then found those. And then, yeah, I've still got the scars on my ankles. That's wild, man. Did that? Did you notice any sort of... Um... I mean, besides the physical, you know, and, and, you know, being, being, you know, you know, weak or whatever, the side effects were, did you notice any sort of mental effects that it had on you? Did you like get superpowers or anything? Dude, I'm, I, I tell everybody all the time, I'm mad I didn't get some kind of superpower. Like, you know, just let me snap my fingers and some static pop yeah. or something. You know, something like, fuck, man, I took that amount. Something cool should have happened. Electrolyte. Um, yeah, we need that. Right, like. But no, not really. Like, I think the most that I still notice now, like I've noticed my nerves are pretty shot since then. Like I've always had kind of semi bad nerves, but just my nerves, like in my hands and like I get real like the leg, you know, where you're, you're the dead leg or your legs asleep. I get that a lot in like my hands and my arms and shit. But oh, wow. other than that, and of course, they told me that probably be one of the things is, you know, your nerves, because basically from what I gathered. When you take that much electricity, all your muscles and everything in your body contract right. because, you know, most of your shit's made of water. So all that shit basically contracted. Mm. And then the next three months, you know, had to build itself back up, build itself back up. And in time, you know, put strain. I mean, that's a shock to your nerve system, you know, jump starting a car, so to speak. So. That's fucking wild. Yeah. I'm sorry I'm yawning as you do. It's not you. It's like I'm fucking this coffee thing. is just, <laughs> I'm just tired for the last three days. Good, it fucking sucks. I'm so sick of being tired. Um, what you, you, you also said that you that was your second time. What do, do you mind talking about the first time you almost died? The craziest shit, man. Like I said, I can't make this shit up. So Let's I would go. probably... 12 or 13 at the time I was living with my grandmother um, and I went to this church camp. It was like a week long, you know, we went and stayed in tents and cabins and shit. And there was like paintball courses and you'd go jet skiing. And like, it was just this whole cool ass thing to go do for a week. So we were walking, going from somewhere. I want to say we were about to go do paintball or something. And they had, you know, those three-man slingshots that they launched water balloons out of. Mm. So they were doing that, like, on the other side of this field. Well, we just happened to be walking across, and, you know, they had shot one off and then screamed, oh, look out. And guess who looked in the direction to figure out what was going on? This guy. <laughs> and it hit me square in my throat, dude. I walked afterward for, like, the next month. It looked like I let a catfish give me a hickey on my neck, man. Like, it was <laughs> and just red and just dude swear to god it hit me square in the throat knocked me on my ass i couldn't breathe wow. like yeah got to the nurse's tent and basically it, it must have hit me on the side of my neck i'm guessing because she told me if it would have hit me dead on on my throat it probably would have just crushed my larynx like Whoa. no doubt I mean, dude, it had to have been at least a half a, half a football field away, if not more. This water balloon was just fucking Whoa. slinging through the air. Yeah, you yeah. Don't, you don't think a, a a water balloon as a lethal weapon, but yeah, until it's flying through the air about sixty miles an hour. No shit, dude, that is fucked up, dude. But I couldn't. You can't, you can't make this shit up. <laughs> did you? Did you? 
you know, they, they say that you your life flashes before your eyes, before you die. Did you have any of that kind of stuff going? Um, not with the electrocution, because like I said, I don't remember shit there. With yeah. that, I was just like, oh shit, like I knew I was about to get hit. I have no idea where, because I literally, it was, look out, look, boom. <laughs> so you saw it come split seconds, like, yeah. <laughs> That is so fucking fucked up, dude. I, I can't imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine that uh, that that happening. I mean, like the closest thing that I've had for, to death is is, is like, I almost killed myself with drugs. That was like the <laughs> it was the dumbest shit in the world. It was like literally I I, I took too much drugs and drank yeah. too much alcohols, and and fucking I woke up the next day. It was like. Uh, oh god i was actually home from because i lived in san diego for a while and so i was home for the holidays and i remember we were doing it was christmas and i walk in the house and i i remember the first like i like i remember the first of the night like i was just going nuts on fucking these pills and then um somebody else gave me some other pills that you're not supposed to take with the first pills it was Oxycontin and methadone, okay? Like, I took, I, I railed yeah. a bunch of fucking Oxycontin. And then someone was like, here, have a wafer of methadone. And I was like, yeah. And I drank a whole bottle of wine. And, and we were That's supposed to. That's like a great idea. Oh, my God. It was so stupid. And then we went to the, the, the strip club, which I didn't even make it in. Apparently, they were just like, leave his ass. And then, like. I didn't. I couldn't. I was worthless the whole night, and and I honestly think that they put me on my stomach, which saved me. But they also um, being in the extreme cold. I think actually because this I was back home in Ohio and it was winter, so like it was extremely cold. I feel like the extreme cold helped me from like actually like just falling out completely. And like I remember the next day, I got out of the. I woke up in my buddy's back seat, which I was. The, the last thing I remember, I was in a truck. So, like, they must have wrestled my ass over there. <laughs> and then I met Raina. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that, But, no. It, and so I was in the back of my buddy's car. I get out, and immediately my knees buckle underneath me. And that was, like, the first time I've ever had that happen. It was just like, Bleh! and I just fell right into the snow. And, oh, and I had to, like, I, I had to make it in. Like, I crawled up to my buddy's house. I'm just like, what the fuck? And he's like, you're a asshole <laughs> he's he's just like i can't believe you're even alive you're a dick uh but but yeah i mean that you know that those moments that those moments that i mean that was self-inflicted that was actually the that was actually the first time and then i actually od'd a couple times which is so awful where like it was always drugs jesus christ when i think about it every time i've almost died it was always drugs don't do drugs kids okay <laughs> Don't drugs fucking do drugs. Don't do them. It's not fun. It's not cool. You're not going to be cool because you do a bunch of drugs and your friends have to fucking give you mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, okay? It's not cool when your lips turn fucking blue in front of the whole party, all right? It's not cool. It's not fun. It's not funny. It was kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> it was really unfunny. The, uh, but no, it, it, you know, these moments, man, is okay if you say so. Thank you, Moving Dutchman. You listen to me. You listen good. Take it from the guy who's died several times from drugs 
fucking idiot, dude. It's so stupid. It's so stupid what you do when you're when you're younger. Uh, have you had any ever had any problems with? And you know, I don't want you to self incriminate here, so you could definitely. Oh, pass. I mean, have you, go weed's ahead. always been my vice, but alcohol for a while, man. I got to a point where I was like a fully functioning alcoholic. And, like, when I say fully functioning, I'm talking about drinking a fifth or more of whiskey a day and, like, going to work a job and shit. Like, yeah. And uh, it got to that point, like, I come, you know, again, talking about the family thing earlier, like, that dynamic. I come, you know, from that, like, it is a very prevalent problem, you know, drinking is, and I've watched several friends of mine and all of that, you know, so it's like, it got to that point for me, I, I started becoming everything I didn't want to become. And I had that real, like, I don't need it. You know, it's like, I didn't, I still drink to this day, but I know now, you know, I drink on the weekends or, you know, it might be a Wednesday and I'll go get, you know, a beer or something like that. But it's like, it's never a, Oh, I'm going to sit and buy this fifth and I'm going to see how fast I can drink it. And then let's see what else the nice night holds. Like, Cause it really did. It got to that point. I was waking up and, you know, the first thing I do was roll over and grab my cup from the night before and take a shot and then go down the street and, you know, get a couple slices of pizza and a big old fountain drink. And then I'd come back and eat my breakfast, you know, and, and drink about half the soda and then fill it back up with whiskey. And on the way I went. off to the races, baby. Yeah. No, yeah. dude, I was the same here, man. Same here. When you, so were you blacking out frequently? Sadly, you know, what's crazy is I never really, the only person that kind of got to see it from the other perspective is my fiance, who I'm with now. Um, and she had told me the first couple of times when her and I got together before I moved up there with her, you know, we would talk on video chat and she was like, at first, you know, until I saw you take a drink, she was like, I didn't really know. She was like, you just, you know, you didn't slur your words. You weren't staggering everywhere. You were just, you know, not necessarily normal. Like, you know, maybe you had smoked a little bit and, you know, just tired and stuff. She's like, but then once I realized it, you know, and, and to the point you were doing it, like, you know, you hit it well. And I'm like, I'm sure, you know, maybe, maybe to you on video, but I would have hated honestly looking at it to see it from anybody else's like, I was doing a lot of the dumb shit, dude. At that time, I was, like, riding a moped everywhere because that was my means of transportation. And, dude, just, it was, yeah, it was it was a very, very, very bad time in my life. But it that's what it took for me was, again, you know, like we talked about earlier, that, you know, coming back to your core, like, it just kind of, man, this is not not what I want to do. You know, this is drinking, you know, it's, I'm not – not saying drinking's horrible. I mean, it's bad for you if you do it the wrong way, but you know, there's nothing wrong with drinking occasionally or going out with your friends and having a couple of drinks. But when you're, you know, when your go-to is a, a fifth of whiskey a day to function, you know, it's, <laughs> you may have a problem. <laughs> no, yeah. it, <laughs> no, it got, you know, that. I mean, I guess you're lucky in that sense that you didn't really black out and act like an asshole. And, you know, you're definitely. Well, I'm sure there were times that I don't remember. I'm not even gonna stunt like, but it it really, in moderate man. I've always had that. I don't want to say an addictive personality, but I knew like the friends I had around me. I've watched so many people do various things and knew what I had came from. You know, as far as your your DNA and things like that. So it's like I knew to be cognizant of all of that. So when I would start doing things, you know 
whether it be drinking or, you know, when I do other things and smoking weed when I was a teenager, like I always kept that in the back of my mind. I know I can go to the extreme with things. It's, you know, just naturally ingrained in me for, you know, so I always kind of kept that in moderation. And I think that's really what helped me from that point. Like even when I was full blown alcoholic and drinking a fifth a day, I think I still in the back of my head knew, you know, I thought I was functioning, like I said, but you'd never see, I knew when it got to that point when, when to stop, you know, when I knew I was getting low on whatever bottle I was drinking on. Okay, cool. That's going to last me for the rest of the night. And I'm not going to go get any more because I know what happens after that. I've done that a few times, you know, and it's like, and I did, I had those times where I thought it was a good idea to go to the bar after drinking about half of a fifth and then went and drank about the other half of the fifth at the bar and about seven or eight beers and got tore up and then had to ride home in the back of my buddy's car and leave my moped parked in the back of the bar and hope like hell nobody stole it. <laughs> Yo, it, it's real like that sometimes, though. It really it is. It really is. Yeah. I mean, ugh, the, the amount of times that allegedly I drank and drive, drunk, drunk and drove, drink and drive, I drinking and drove in, I don't know. One of those is like, it's really sad. And, and like, that was the problem. I never had that switch. It's like, you know, you, you, uh, you know, it seems like you, uh, you know, you, you've went beyond, you know, and you've went further than you should have. But like, for me, it was always like, every time I'm blacking out, every time I'm out and yelling obscenities in the streets, I'm getting grabby with people. I'm talking shit to the wrong people. I'm just, I was just a fucking maniac when it came to alcohol. It, it, it's terrible. It's, it's not a good drug for me at all. And I, I definitely respect, you know, people who can have a couple drinks, have a good time, get loose, get, 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 you know, get the vibes going and, and go, you know, go out and find yourself something to poke on or whatever the fuck it is, you know, or eat for the ladies or, uh, or all the people, you know, go out and having a good time being young or being whoever you want to be. I, I, I fully support that. But once it gets to that point where it's just blacking out every fucking night and it's like, yeah, like I was drinking a fifth of gin at one point every night when he's that gin, fucking gin, which I love whiskey. But I mean, my God, like I was just drinking way too much. And then and, and as Moving Dutchman said, he pointed out is like and then I met my wife and, and she really helped me pull it back. Well, she gave me she gave me the ultimatum. She was like, you can either stop drinking or I can leave you, you asshole. And I'm just like, oh, god damn it. And I, w- I remember I w- it was so pathetic, too, how I acted. Like, you can't do this to me. You can't take this from me. It was so sad and pathetic. But, you know, it's like. Sometimes that's what it takes, man. That's what it takes. And, and you know, at first I did it for her. And then eventually I did it for me. And now it's like, fuck it, dude. Like, I, I don't need alcohol. And and I, I've drank. I've drank. And over the past se- seven or eight years that I've been sober, it's been, you know, I've drank probably like three times and, 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 you know, that's not a terrible amount, but a couple of those times it went a little too far. So it was like, fuck. So obviously it's not my friend and I don't need to be drinking it. The problem is that, you know, I'll be like, oh, I can have a couple beers, right? I'm a grown ass adult. And then before you know, it, it's like, give me the whiskey, I'm fucking going in deep, you know? And then, and then everybody's like, well, you ruined it. And and to be honest, I like I went to uh, I, I went back to San Diego. Maybe it was last year. 
uh, and we went and visited some family and I hung out with some friends and it actually sucked because I started drinking and I didn't even get to hang out with my friends. Like, like it was literally me just getting wasted and I don't remember what even happened that night and it fucking sucked. So like at the end of the day, if that's not another lesson to learn from your fucking mistakes, it's like, Hey, you didn't even get to have fun with your friends who you haven't seen since the beginning of the pandemic, you know, like, it, you know, it was like two years and I hadn't seen these people and, and I wasted it on being a fucking a wastoid. So it's, it, it fucking, it, for me, it, it wasn't the best, it wasn't the best decision and, and it affected the next day and, you know, our vacation and stuff. So it just, ugh, man, it's, it's just better if I just stay away. Right. And, and I think that's the important thing here is like knowing what where your limitations are and knowing what you can do with it. Like, obviously, you found a balance, right? You found a balance of uh, I can have a couple drinks and I don't need to go fucking balls to the wall every night and just drink myself into oblivion. You can go and have a few drinks, have a good time you know, you know, talk your shit and come home and, and wake up and, and move on with your life. But, but my God, how, how was your hangovers from those fucking fists of whiskey? I mean, it seemed like you just drank off your hangover. So, but like, I don't think I ever really, I think the worst was when I stopped. Like right. I think the first couple days after that, I had a nice little headache for a few days and that, you know, cause alcohol, man, you know, a lot of people don't realize to me, in my opinion, that's, that's the worst drug out there. Not, like I said, not that I'm anti-alcohol. I, I'm not, you know, not going to say I don't enjoy having a few drinks, but it is a monster because it is something about, you know, there's so many different varieties of it. You know, it's not like a, it's not like weed. Yeah. There's different flavors and different brands, but it's, it's still weed, you know, there's just in, in moderations of things where alcohol is like some people, can drink beer and be cool. And, and those same people can't drink whiskey or can't drink gin or can't drink this, or can't mm. drink that. So it's like, it's a crazy thing to begin with. So it's like, it's a, it's a very hardcore drug in my opinion, you know, but it, it, like you said, it's some people just can't at all. It's like, cause it does. It's a, it's a very, it's a weird thing, man. How it, how it just takes a hold of you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is sad. Like, out of all the stupid things that I've been addicted to, alcohol was the hardest thing to stop, man. I mean, and, and I was addicted to heroin straight up, you know, and, and fucking with needles and shit. So, like, it was a fucking, but, but it was alcohol. At the end of the day, it was fucking alcohol. Alcohol poisoning is the worst. Well, I, would you know, Immortal? Have you been alcohol poisoned? I mean, I've I've definitely been uh, IV'd before. I, I I fucking passed out on the on the steps of the Toledo Museum because I got kicked out of a party because I drank all the King Cobras. Uh, it, was it was a King Cobra party, first of all. And for all my overseas friends, if you don't know what King Cobra is, it, it it's malt liquor. Uh, it's a very cheap form of malt liquor, and it comes in a forty ounce. Which I don't. Edward forty hands. <laughs> oh yeah, Edward forty hands, baby. Uh, no, the was that was that workaholics? Uh, is, I think so. Yeah. Is that what it is? <laughs> is that I, fuck? I think so. That is funny. Who is yeah. it? Now I have to know who said that. Edward forty. I think that, I'm pretty sure that's where it was from. This shit's hilarious. Edward forty hands. Oh, it's actually a game. Oh, it's legit? <laughs> I think so. Urban Dictionary. 
And here, we're, here we go, Urban Dictionary. A game designed to intoxicate all part- participants where 40-ounce bottles of cheap malt beverages malt beverages are fastened to each other's hands uh, by adhesive tapes or super glue in some cases. The winner will have consumed all liquid in both bottles and usually celebrates by smashing the, bo- the first bottle to remove it and using his free hand to urinate into the second one. Studies at (laughs) this is some fucking hardcore shit, bro. Uh, uh, Studies at the University of Colorado in Boulder conclude that the best way to be victorious in this game without fear of urinating yourself is to start the game with your penis already untucked out of your pants, (laughs) ladies. (laughs) Ladies in the. <laughs> Ladies in the study who opted to go in on skirts, uh, wait, go in skirts without undergarments fared well, however, did not ever claim victory. You down for a game of Edward 40 hands? Nah, it's too cold to play Edward 40 hands. This is ridiculous. Uh, Edward 40 hands, that a legend. Quit. <laughs> Uh, here, and the, another one is a, a legend among modern men. His name was Edward, and he had 40 hands. Okay, there we go. That's ridiculous. All right. <laughs> sometimes, I, sometimes Urban Dictionary is just fun to, to read through. A drinking game in which participants tape a 40-ounce bottle of malt liquor to each hand and can't take a piss until they finish both. Yeah, that's that's more like it. I don't know what this other Colorado study shit is all about, but that's more what I. Uh, that's more about where I I, I am on it. They went hardcore with it, man. How they, they, they went to the wrong party. <laughs> Right? Like any party where it's like, all right, man, you got to tape these fucking 40s in. But you know what, bro? You might want to whip your dick out first because you're going to have to pee eventually. <laughs> it's like what, what 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 party where am I at? What what happened? Or no, bro, I'd rather whip my dick out with a fucking broken 40 in my fucking hand. And then like who's smashing it? Like, Jesus Christ, you smash it on your hand? Like I don't get I don't understand the game. Yeah, how does that work? <laughs> <sighs> it was super glued to your hand. Wow, that that's ridiculous. Qu- quality. Yeah, this is this oh, is a quality shit. ass show, man. This is a quality ass show right here. We're we're yeah. talking we're talking real spit right here, folks. This is real spit. Real spit, Edward Forty Hands. Holla, Edward your boy. Fucking Forty Hands. <laughs> when, um, when we all started this about the when you, when you were talking about the alcohol poisoning, and then Immortal said poisoned or whatever, it made me think of that Nick Swartzen stand up where he's talking about. Could you imagine that? You know, they you got to call somebody. He died. How did he die? He was poisoned by what? <laughs> sea breezes. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but that is like the shittiest way to go, man. That that is such a shitty way to go is just by your own. Right, right. Like it, it, and it's like most of the time it's just on your own behalf. You're just sitting there, bleh, bleh, bleh. I think the- yeah, no. You, once you get to that point, you literally have. That's the thing with that. Like I understand the mushrooms and the hallucinogens and all that. Like you're yes to a point. You're in another dimension, so to speak, but you still have control. Every time I've ever done anything down that aspect, I still know where I was to a point, knew where I was as far as my surprise. I was still cognizant of what was going on. Once you get to that point with alcohol, 
it does not matter. You are not the alcohol takes over. You know, there's no if ands or buts. You you wake up the next morning and go, shit. When did we leave so and so's? And that was three fucking clubs ago <laughs> and five car rides in an Uber home later. Like and people, you know, that's the thing. That's why I guess I net always kept that boundary is just because I know I've done it a few times and enough to know like that shit sucks, man. It's not fun. It's fun to have a couple of shots with the boys and clown at the bar and watch a game and cut up and hang out or, you know, at the barbecue, have a couple of beers or whatever. But getting to the point that you're like, give me some nachos at the 7-Eleven at fucking 2 a.m. squeezing out fucking cheese out of a little cold ass machine. Like, this is the best thing I've ever eaten. <laughs> Yeah, heartburn later. No, th- yeah. my version of that would be like, "What are the fucking nachos, you stupid bitch? <laughs> I'm fucking hungry. Fuck this place with the nachos you already made yeah. in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are the nachos, you stupid cunt? <laughs> yeah, bro, you're talking to the corner again. You have nachos in your hand. Can we just go, please? You're not even talking to the person that no, works there. You're no, talking like talking the slurping machine behind you. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous, man. I fucking hate that. I hate that side of me. Um, it's 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 it, it, it is awful. Got to that point, man, it's it sucks that we all have to. And again, that's about you know for everybody, man. We all have to learn and grow on our own. But you know, once we get to that point, man, it, it's great because you finally start being you and understanding mm-hmm. who you are as a person and how to enjoy your life, you know, accordingly. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like that shit. I remember when I started drinking as a teenager, it wasn't because I thought everybody was cool and it was just like almost normal to me, you know, see everybody drinking something and doing that. And then, you know, you get older, you start looking around, you're just like, but that's, that's not normal. Like, that's not, you know, that's not how it's supposed to be. Like, so we all have to do it, man. I'm glad that you got to that point, man. Yeah, and and that's that's the other side of it, right? Vision, what's up, Vision? That's the guy from Fortnite. <laughs> Are you from Fortnite, obsolete? No, no, I don't. <laughs> no, no, Vision, it's not. This is obsolete. I, mean, I, I I play Fortnite with my kids, but you know. <laughs> I don't even know what I don't even know the reference honestly. I, I I've seen my son play, but I don't fucking know it. And by the way, this is obsolete. Everybody, go click on that link and find his latest album, which is called "The Dystopia of an MC." You can find physical copies at that website. You can find all his links to his social 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 media. And all that good shit. Go follow up obsolete. Go 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 do yourself so, a favor. Go do yourself a solid and, and get yourself some obsolete in your life. Uh yeah, the other side of all of that is that um, you know, coming back from that if if you do the work, you can find like a very meaningful like like I, I I became an actual musician after I quit drinking alcohol. Like I was actually able to work as a musician because I wasn't getting kicked out of the band or fucking up the set because I'm too wasted to play. You know, like um, the the life after being raging alcoholic drug addict, the life afterwards was it, it is 
is a million times better than being a fucking fuck up drunk alcoholic asshole ever was. I mean, it was just it's it's you know it's being able because in my mind I wasn't able to go out and um, be and have a good time with if I wasn't drinking right like if I if I had to go to the bar sober like that would be horrible. I want to go to the bar and fucking be drunk and hang out and fucking you know do whatever the fuck I want. And it was never fun. It was always me just getting kicked out of the bar or getting my friends kicked out of the bar or, or you know, trying to, you know, get in a fight that I cannot win. I'm not a fighter. I'm not fucking going to win this. You know, like, it's it's so stupid. So, like, the other the other side of that is, is like, fuck, man, is, your, is who you are. And, and, and getting... Uh, getting sober and, and doing the mental work, doing the, you know, the work on myself really is just the most beneficial part about the whole thing. I mean, I wish I wish I wouldn't have wasted all those years as, as you know, drinking and being ridiculous. But, um, you know, you 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 live your life that you live the decisions you make and, and that's what whatever you, that's what happened. But uh, at the end of the day, it's like, man. Uh, I, I I choose this way more than that, so fuck it, you know. I'm I'm, I'm okay yeah, with being the sober guy. That was me, man. Like you have to, like you said, learn to, you know, not necessarily be okay with it, but like at the end of the day, you have to learn to, you know. I don't like you said you you hate that you wasted so much time. Like and I'm, I look at a lot of that too, and then then I look at the aspect. Well, if I didn't do that then I'd probably still be doing dumb shit now. And then I'd be that much more behind. So it's like, in, in another sense, like I'm kind of glad I got all my dumb shit over with. And it's like, cause like you said, man, so much beautiful shit came after that. Like you had, you know, we all got to learn, man. It's like, I, I watched friends and family and everybody around me, you know, with the alcohol, especially like, you know, destroy a lot of my friends' lives and, and, and all that shit and what have you. And it, it still didn't change or stop me from drinking a fifth of whiskey every day. You know, we all have to live and, and do our own shit in order to learn from it. Because otherwise we're like, well, that's just them. I'm fine. I, I don't have a problem. While you're <laughs> I'm not just standing in the parking lot waiting for your fucking Uber. You know, like if, if you call an Uber, you know, great. Like I said, I mean, I, I drove around my moped drunk, which is not any better really, but you know, it's like, that you know it's bad man because then at that point it's no longer your life that you're just controlling you know you are putting everybody around you at risk as well so yeah absolutely oh so what what's coming up for obsolete uh as as we start to wrap up our our wonderful discussion that we've been having <laughs> what what's coming up for obsolete i know you have some uh you have some uh gigs coming up um uh is there anything that you want to uh you know talk about in that manner so really right now I got a few more shows lined up. I got two more and next month um, I'm helping some buddies host a competition. I'm a guest judge on that. We got some pretty dope prizes for that going on in Clarksville, Tennessee. Um, then is I've got this a live show. this is a live gig that's going on? Yeah, a live oh, show where sweet. we're doing it's like a it's gonna be a competition basically, kind of like a we're gonna do one round, you get a song, and then we're gonna pick depending on the con you know how many people enter you know, who moves on, who moves on, then we'll get down to a court. But we're going to do those once a month at this venue that we're running out of here in Clarksville for now. 
Um, and then I've got a show after that, which is going to be a lot of these acts that, you know, we work with here around here um, at this same venue that we're doing that competition. Um, and that's pretty much the main venue other than where I go do stuff in Louisville that uh, I'd be doing shows and stuff at. Um, and then we're bringing out Eternal of Wu-Tang's Killer Bees down to Clarksville, Tennessee in May, which is going to be fucking dope, man. Uh, shout out to him, man. I, I talked to him quite a bit here lately. He reached out to me a couple weeks back, uh, building a good relationship with him, which is dope. Um, and then other than that, man, I'm trying to uh, I got invited to, to make an appearance at the gathering, like come show my face and talk to a few different people at the gathering this year. But um, Wait, I got some work the things. Juggalos? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm trying to work in where even if they don't let me perform on day one, I'm bringing all the homies and we're going to perform in the fucking parking lot or some shit, bro. Like we're going to go. I, I know you see the hoodie I'm wearing, man. That's, that's my other guys. Uh, obviously shout out to immortal. I know he's still hanging around in here. Probably that's my guys at enigmatic man. Love them fucking dudes. Aaron, that's, that's my homie, man. I wouldn't, you know, he started this whole thing and don't really realize it, man. Back in October when he, he reached out to me, uh, after I did the rise of the Phoenix festival, I believe it was, um, he kind of put a lot of things in motion, man, and really kind of lit a fire under my ass when I signed with them guys. And, and this city, like I said, gas records on the, the VP of that with my buddy Vegas. Um, we're kind of slowly taking over this scene down here where I'm at, man, the, the last couple of shows I've been doing, I look around, there's 10, 15, 20 people running around in these hoodies or the, the full blown outfits and shit. So, you know, just a lot of stuff lining up, man, this year, especially coming up and, uh, Try to make a lot of shit shake, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it's uh, Clarksville. Not that's where you're at right now. So I'm from Hopkinsville. Uh, Clarksville's the In closest. Tennessee. Like. I'm trying to reserve, re revive the fucking scene here in Hoptown as well, but I've got more connections in Clarksville and Louisville right now. So I'm working those scenes and, and building up those relationships around there. Um, and then from, slowly just kind of. How from, from Louisville are you? Uh, two and a half hours. Oh, okay. Yeah, Louisville is so, awesome. It's such a, it's a really nice city. I, I, really I go up it. there. I performed there probably five or six times last year, and I've been up there two or three times this year already. I, my favorite spot up there, man. Anybody watching this that's closer goes to Louisville, man. The WWME Music Hall. That's the fucking place it goes down up there. Those are my people. Um, I'm actually, me and Aaron are trying to work out some stuff, bring some guys from the label. Once, you know, the rest of this crazy COVID shit dies down, putting on some shows and shit up there and stuff later on in the year, too. So, yeah. like I said, man, just really just really trying to help, you know, these guys push what they're doing and push what we're doing at the Gas Records and just building a community, man, and, and bringing, bringing good music and good entertainment to people and being authentic with it at the same time. Like, this is it's what we do, man. Music's a great hobby and it brings people together in various ways. Yeah. Immortal, thank you so much for hanging out. You go and get your kids, bro. You, yeah, go get your kid up, bro. Much love. I'll holler at you tonight, homie. All right. Well, it, it more, uh, Immortal, Jesus, come on. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate, you know, all the setbacks and all the time changes and shit. So oh, I no appreciate worries, your man. patience. No worries, I had such a great conversation, and um, I, I, I hope you enjoyed yourself as well. And, uh, and again, everybody, make sure you guys are going out and supporting these guys. And go click around the website as well. Uh, this is this yeah. is the obsolete. This is the Immortal Radio.
Radio Obsolete page, but uh, you can click around there, click around all the awesome artists that are on this label. We've had a few of them on this show, so come on and get yourself some. Obsolete. A lot of dope talent over there, man. Y'all definitely click around on that page because there's a lot of talent over at Enigmatic with us guys, man. They're killing it, killing it. All right, man. Thank you so much again. Everybody, give Obsolete a round of applause and send him on his way. Thank you so much, Obsolete. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so Thank you so much obsolete i appreciate you being on the show again go check out his latest album called the dystopia of an mc uh you can find the links in the show notes directly to the album and to his social media so please go and click around and support your boy uh you can also go ahead and uh of course find the we speak english good on the the we speak english good what the fuck that was me not knowing what I was going to say next and just starting to talk. So you can find We Speak English Good on Twitch two days a week, Mondays and Fridays. If you are interested, we are doing a live stream today at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That means Friday, March 25th, 2022. We have Doe Jones Music on the live stream. I'm very happy to have her on. She is a Grammy-nominated artist and uh, I'm really excited to chat with her. So that will be coming up on Friday uh, or today. If you can hear this on time, of course, you can catch the VOD on Twitch. And um, of course, you can catch the actual show probably sometime next week or something. So, all right, guys, that is about it out of me. Thank you guys so much for being here again. I will talk to you guys next week with a whole new set of guests all right much love friends i'll talk to you soon be good to your fellow human beings hjs for everybody Bye-bye.